Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode 177 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I'm here as always to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get out in the trails, keep you stoked and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks so much for being here this week and thanks for tuning in to the podcast. Now in this week's show, it was great to get somebody on the podcast that I have been following on socials for quite some time. And I first of all recognised what he was doing on socials when he was building a van, basically for riding mountain bikes and for the odd bit of surfing. So I have been following Clarence Ballantyne on the old socials for quite a while. And it was awesome when I got back home from Malta and I seen his van in the car park. Now, I definitely recognised the van, but I wasn't sure if I would recognise Clarence when I seen him. But thankfully, we ran into each other at the top of Steam Trail at Dava, one of our local rides here, and we got chatting. And I thought it was just clear to hear with Clarence's background that I had to get him on the show. I had to get him on the podcast. The man's an awesome rider. He grew up riding bikes. He grew up riding downhill bikes with Keelan Grant. They went to uni together. So many good stories there. Uh, so we chat to Clarence about racing back in the day. We chat to him about riding his bike now, about new bikes, about sponsorship. We chat to him about Irish trails and what we've got going on in the north and what we've got going on in the south and some of the great talent we've got coming up through the ranks here. We also obviously chat to him about van life, about how he built his own van to take him to more remote spots and get out on his bike more often. So it was great to get Clarence on. On the podcast. It was long, long overdue. So take an hour, chill out, and let's get Clarence on the MTB Tribe podcast. Hi, Clarence. Welcome to MTB Tribe podcast. It's good to have you on the show, bro. How's things with you? I'm not so bad. Hi, I'm not so bad. I'm uh, <laughs> very excited to be on the show now, definitely. Thanks for asking me. Thanks for having me on. Oh, no, you're more than welcome, dude. You're more than welcome. And here, I had the pleasure of running into you a few weeks ago at Dava, um, just out of the blue. And I knew you were at Dava because I seen your van in the car park. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hard to hard to miss now. It's like a big, big grey battleship now. <laughs> cool. And I hadn't met you before that, but I knew the van, but I didn't really know you. So I was lucky to, to uh, bump elbows or whatever we did that day. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good to good to finally meet you. I know I'd messaged you a couple of times on Instagram and stuff, so it was good to put a face to the name. Exactly, dude, exactly. Um I've got quite a lot of people to do that with in the Irish mountain bike scene, you know. Um Yeah, for sure. I am you know, I mean I'm a bit nervous about it because I go out in the trails and you know, I've had it a couple of times since I got home here and people come up and say hello to me and I'm like, should I know you or, you know, have I actually interviewed you for the podcast or something? It's a bit embarrassing at times. Yeah, no, definitely. I, <laughs> definitely. Uh, but, I've had uh, a few of them myself. I'm like, I am, I'm sure. Was I talking to you on a night out or something or should I remember you? Or <laughs> ah, it's, it's, it's weird. It really is weird. Um you know, because I've been away in Malta and I haven't, you know, the majority of my time on the podcast, I've, I've been in Malta, so I haven't actually been able to meet people and stuff. So it's going to be weird when I run out. Well, it's going to be awesome when I run into people, but I'm just a bit nervous I'll 
not say hello to somebody when I really should, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I actually, I, I bumped into you at Dava before that, but it was years before that. Yeah. I remember uh, you were there one time and uh, it was just snow everywhere. We That's were sitting in we were sitting in the van having tea, and you knocked the window and was like, "Boys, do you want some stickers?" <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there wasn't much biking done that day. I think we we pushed to the top, rode a bit of trail, must have been about twenty seconds long, and then back down to the van for tea. Yeah, yeah, that I remember that day, brilliant because. I said to a couple of mates, he's going out, and they're like, nah, the weather's not great. And I'm like, ah, come on, boys, it'll be fine. It'll be grand. But once I got closer to Dava, I knew it wasn't going to be good because <laughs> the roads were in bad condition. But then when I get in the car park, I seen you guys, and I knew, oh, no, that's ain't good. Because the car park had, like, two foot of snow on it. Yeah, exactly. We struggled to get up the hill into it. Wow. But it was one of them things. We had packed the van. We had made the decision to go. So you st- sort of just have to stick with it, don't you? <laughs> mm-hmm. Have you ever seen it as bad as that before? Uh, I haven't, I, I haven't, definitely haven't. It was deep now at the top. Aye, that was a few years ago. That was easily three plus years ago, right? Yeah, that's got to be, yeah, yeah. That was, oh. I, I was just sort of getting back into biking at that stage. That wasn't in the van you have now, though, was it? it was a red, no, was it a red van? It was a uh, my mate's van, I Yeah, it wasn't mine, though, but yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. And we'll chat about your van because it's, it's really quite cool and it's such a... Seems to be everybody's wanting a camper van at the minute, you know. Yeah, it's mad. You couldn't you couldn't buy them for love nor money this weather. Ah, it's nuts, man. It's nuts. I am looking for something myself. So if anybody's got a really, really good one with very little miles and selling it really cheap, <laughs> just <laughs> let me know. <laughs> it's cool, man. But but yeah, like I've known about I've known about you for quite a while and stuff and and how good you are in a bike and and things. But tell us a little bit about that. Just like how did you get into the mountain bike thing in the first place? Um, I suppose I got into it through my brother, and um, he was sort of very involved with a local bike shop in Noma. So there was a group of them that would always um, meet up and go out at the weekends and stuff. So, but they were like hardcore downhillers, and um, so that's sort of how I got into it. I know. The first bike I got was sort of built from the spare bits mm-hmm. uh, basket out of that bike shop. So I actually still have that bike. <laughs> Class. But, uh, that's sort of how I got into it. And then, yeah, they had sort of a small race team and would go to races and stuff. And mm. yeah, that's how I got into it. Like big, like there was a big group of us that would go away at the weekends. Like I remember set an alarm for six o'clock in the morning like this is when i was probably 14 13 14 mm-hmm. set an alarm for six in the morning getting up fully fully gear uh pads on gear on <laughs> helmet on and then hauling this downhill bike like cycling it across the town to this bike shop to meet them to head off for the day and wow. like a, a big day back then would have been uh uh Carton or Benevna, they call it. So right. go to Benevna, and you might get maybe two, three runs down, <laughs> and that would be a big day. <laughs> yeah, spent more more time pushing the bike than you did actually cycling it, but it's yeah. a lot different now. <laughs> I definitely, man, definitely. Like, how long ago would that have been? What kind of year would that have been? Can you remember? Well, I actually went on to Roots and Rain to try to get a bit of history on my cycling. <laughs> right here <laughs> so i know my first race 
was in 2006, and that was in Lumpers. Okay. So that was my first race, so a while ago. <laughs> Aye, so 15 years ago, really. Yeah. Um, so, wow, okay. And yeah. that, was on, that was on the downhill bike I was telling you about, the one that was like two sizes too big for me, 180 mil travel, like <laughs> just completely over for what I needed. <laughs> yeah man like it's so cool and like so you're from oma like what was your local trails where's your closest trails there yeah so um oma the the local toss would be gorchin but um back in the day there was no no trails there um yeah it was just trails that we had built ourselves and yeah that's sort of where i had would have spent most of my teenage years i would say <laughs> up there first thing in the morning with a shovel and building wee jumps here and there and there was a massive group of us like it's mm. it's crazy um the group of us that cycled and like the careers that people have had out of that group now like keelan would have biked with us back in the day there's a few road cyclists that would have biked with us back in the day that are now high up in the road cycling industry wow. like so yeah wow. it's it's crazy <laughs> yeah it just shows you man a bit of perseverance there um like You've been, you've, you've used the, you rode the new trail network at Gorton, right? Yeah. What do you think of the trails there? What's your opinion? I, I love them because it, well, obviously because it's so local to me, but I love it because just seeing Gorton maybe five, six years ago and like there would have been nobody about it. <laughs> and mm. then you go up there now on even a Wednesday night, you would struggle to get a, uh, car park space in it with the amount of cyclists there and then at the weekend you definitely struggle to get a car park space in it so what it's done for the local community is crazy the amount yeah. of bikes like the local bike shop sold out of bikes <laughs> yeah. it is mad so yeah the fact that they're there is great and for me especially i feel like it's it's helped my fitness so much since they've been open mm-hmm. um, it's because you don't have to drive as far and yeah they're blue and red trails and you have to do a lot of you have to do pedal you have to do a lot of pedaling in them to sort of make your speed and keep your speed so it's been great for me for training a lot of pedaling and uh, flat turns learning flat turns and keeping your speed you know what i mean so it's great for that yeah and like i know i know that won't be everybody's cup of tea and i know there's been a little bit of you know complaints about it and stuff but you know, you're seeing a lot of new people on the trails there. And I'm, I take it you're seeing families and you're seeing young kids and stuff out like that. Yeah, it is. It's it's mad, the amount of people that you meet. Like, people coming up in cars with trailers on the back and the trailers are full of bikes. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? They've just bought bikes and heard about this place, Scorching, and have arrived up. And, yeah, it is, it's, it is great to see. No, definitely. I know, yeah like everybody has their opinions on this and that but it's like there was no trails there before there's trails there now and there's always scope for more you know Mm -hmm. so i feel like with any new trail center you need to sort of you need to cater for everybody you can't just go and and build black trails straight out the bat no well um, yeah yeah i think it's important and you you make a good point because you know if the sports to stay popular and we're to get racers and riders coming up through the ranks we need these kind of trails that parents feel very very happy to take their kids to you know what i mean 
that's and it. that it's not sure. too dangerous and too steep and everything else. Like, just think how fast Keelan and all and yourself and all are now. Like, how fast would you have been if those trails had been there when you started? Oh yeah, that's it exactly. Like, if if them trails had been there when I started, yeah, you'd like to think you'd be very far on now. Like, <laughs> yeah, it would definitely definitely been a help. Even like trails that you can ride all year round that that's the big thing about there like the natural trails we might have built there like if it rained they're they'd be bogging like you know what i mean so yeah. having trails that you can like even if it's raining out of the heavens like you can just jump in the car and go up and you're guaranteed your the trails will be fine to ride mm, yeah i think that's that's yeah. important too man um like my local to me really would be garva and it's went through the same kind of changes, you know, where there was a bunch of boys made natural trails years ago there, and now it's now it's got reds and, and blues in there. But again, it's a, it's pedally, you know. There's not anything really steep in it, yeah. but you can go there. It's, if it's rained for four or five days straight, you can go there. Yeah, exactly, and they're always rideable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, whereas the natural ones in there, you know, I went round them about a week ago there, and they were. You, some of them was okay but most of them were quite wet and then you destroy them when you ride them wet that's the thing yeah that's you wreck them for the summer the other thing i like i've i've taken a couple of people out for spins you know just that wanted to get into cycling and like you take off down a trail and they're following you and you get to the bottom and you're not worried oh geez are they going to be stuck in a tree up there <laughs> like do i need to go back <laughs> up and check on them like you know you know they're going to get down it you know what yeah. I mean? like you're not worried about taking them there yeah. And it is it's it's a very good like introduction to cycling. That's know. it. That's it. There's not too many sniper routes waiting for yeah. you. Well that's it. <laughs> <laughs> cool man. Now you were you were uh part of the official Gorch and Glen Forest Park promo video thing. Um <laughs> that was cool, man. You basically had the star and roll that, let's face it. <laughs> let's face it, right? How did that all come about? Um well sort of like the Gorchin Mountain Bike Club was formed and I was uh, I was treasurer the first year it was formed and then I've been a, a member ever since so sort of yeah that's how, I, how it came about um, how they would sort of ask for team members um, to come up and help promote the, the video and mm-hmm. uh, I think half of it was maybe I knew the guy that was videoing too <laughs> yeah. yeah but um yeah, no, like it was a it was a really nice thing for me to be in that video, like considering how long I've been cycling in the glens and yeah, to be part of the video that sort of has promoted the opening of them was was definitely it was a great thing to be part of. Yeah, cool man. And Keelan was there, wasn't he? There's quite a few guys there. Uh Keelan was there, yeah. He he had a star role in it as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh I think Keelan, obviously he's just coming off his injury and he's sort of getting back to, well, it didn't take him long to get back to full speed like, but <laughs> yeah, he was down for the day, yeah, and um, was chatting to the, the younger riders and, and stuff like that there, yeah, so it was it was a great video, it was good good day's crack. Uh, did it take all day to film it, did it? Uh, it took a few hours, yeah, there was a few uh, drone shots we needed to do and, and stuff like that there, so Nah, it was good crack. We had to look. We had to try and find a drone for about twenty minutes as well. <laughs> really? Did you lose it? Uh well, it sort of had a mind of its own, and 
took off into the clouds and then <laughs> we sort of had to find out where it went get the phone reconnected and stuff <laughs> oh my word but um the video the video turned out really well like i think it is it's it's a really good video to have now yeah definitely and it's a nice mixture you know it shows like the family and the kid aspect and then it shows your boys ripping the trails as well so it's a, a very nice it's a very nice film yeah for sure no, he definitely did a good job. Gary Dons, <laughs> he did a good job now. Yeah, cool, man, cool. Like, uh, talking about mountain biking and stuff there, just in general in Northern Ireland, you know, like, have you got a favourite spot in Northern Ireland, one that you would prefer to go to over the other ones? Um, oh, it's, it's hard to choose, I would say. Either um, Ross Trevor or Tullymore now, definitely. I like to get up to the big trails. Yeah. Yeah, like Big Wood and all so popular at the minute, isn't it? Aye, uh, Big, Big Wood's got a lot of, had a lot of trails, like, definitely. And I did um, race in a couple of enduros there, and the trails were, were meant there, like, for yeah. such, like, a, I wouldn't say a small hill, but for, for the size of the hill, like, the trails on it were unreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about down the south? Where would you visit? Down where did we go we went to so we did sort of a wee trip in the van and we um we went to kalani it was good just outside sligo um was the new trail center that was built um and then we ended up in the gap which yeah. was unreal we we ended up down wicklow mountains um i think the was it the enduro or there was an enduro race on there on the sunday and uh we were down on the friday night so we got to go to the joyce or Joyce, whatever way you want to say it, mm-hmm, yeah. on the Saturday for a bit of for a bit of a spin, and then we got to we did an uplift. Oh, sorry, the Friday we did an uplift day on the Saturday in the Gap, and it was unreal. Like the new jump trail there is it's scary now. <laughs> yeah, it looks sick, man. It really does. If there's cheater lines down it, I'll be able to do it. <laughs> <laughs> At least they're all tabletop, so you can land wherever you want. But yeah, definitely pedaling into them at full speed and thinking geez, I'm going to have to pull up here to get over this now it's it's Aye. mad now but it's great to have that sort of have them there you know that they do exist and you can get down to them and hit them like yeah for sure I had the gap on the podcast and I think at that time they were just making those um, but they couldn't really say at the time you know live yeah. on there but I think I think they were just they were just building those at the time and they were quite excited about it and about other things they had planned, you know. It so, is a great jump line, like, definitely. Aye, definitely. Like, as far as your general thoughts on the trails we have in, in Ireland, uh, in the North Ireland, of course, as well, like, what do you think, how do you think the trails are? Do you think we're we're punching above our weight over here? I think we're doing very well, hey. I definitely do. There's, there's trails popping up everywhere, if you can find them. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely, like, caters for everybody like you have your trail centers to get people into cycling and then you have some trails in ross trevor and and tully that that would scare you like you know to ride so i feel like we're we're doing very well and it's it's definitely evident in the cyclists that we're getting in the the quality of the cyclists that are that Mm -hmm. are about and like in the enduro scene like it's mad yeah yeah, like I'm sure you have seen big changes since you started in 2006 racing, like the, the enduro scene now compared to then. Like I'm sure it's massively different. Oh yeah, it's it's mad. Like stuff that we would have hit in downhill bikes and thought we were going well, like 
people hitting them on trail bikes now at twice the speed like it's it is mad <laughs> yeah yeah because you and keelan were obviously racing downhill and that's how keelan started as well in the downhill stuff because enduro wasn't really about then right no enduro definitely wasn't about like if you had single crown forks on your bike you were like jesus that's up by doing cross country <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so yeah me and keelan would have raced downhill back in the day and yeah got into it that way and got the the bug for it i happy days man happy days i want to touch on that a wee bit later on um have you have you been riding abroad have you had any like bike holidays abroad yeah so yeah when when i was riding downhill back in the day i can't remember what year it was but uh me and keelan actually went and did a, a month in morzine wow with what was it? it was like 11 of us 11 irish fellas in a chalet in morzine i <laughs> really pity the guy that owned that chalet <laughs> <laughs> i think he's had to renovate it after <laughs> he's still finding still finding uh, tons of beer <laughs> he's still finding tons of beer and buy tea bags and <laughs> whatever else <laughs> no it was a an interesting month now it was Oh, I'd, I'd love. I'd, I'd like. It's on my list to go back for sure. But it yeah. was a, a lethal, lethal month. Now, <laughs> I think uh, the <laughs> Morzine knew us as them Irish fellas at the top of the hill. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, it was good crack. Now I am sure, man. You bring the Irish bring about a life to places, you know. Yeah, for sure. But like even hitting the hitting the trails over there, like we went over to Champery for the day and hitting the trail that I would have watch danny hart do that mad run down <laughs> like trying to hit that same stuff like seeing this seeing it in real life and how steep it is like it is it is great to great to see yeah yeah like more scenes kind of become the capital of mountain biking in europe hasn't it like it's so popular there yeah it is it is it's mad now yeah i yeah. definitely would would recommend anybody to go and spend some time there and the ski lifts help, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> just get on in the morning, takes you to the top of the hill, and that's you. Yeah. Like, how would you boys do it? Would you ride, you know, all morning, break for lunch, then go up again in the afternoon, and then come down when the lifts are closed? Obviously, then you would end your day. Is that the kind of way you just do it? You just hit it hard? Yeah, that, that was it. We were up early, and you would try and get sort of the first uh, uplift or first ski lift. And then if you wanted to go further afield over to Vores or um, Champray even or Leger on up the road. So if you wanted to get over to another mountain, you get up early and make your way over. And normally you're you get up and you're riding a trail the whole way over to the other mountain like it's it's unreal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, get up early, get your biking done. Um, you'd normally stop for your lunch. Yeah. And make your way back then. Um and then you have the evening to <laughs> do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I've snowboarded over there, uh, and I've I've done that kind of mountain network there on the on the board on the snowboard, but never on a bike. But I do plan I do do plan to do it on the bike. But um, I think what we'll see is like, especially now with snow seasons, you know, almost being shorter, um, with global warming or whatever way you want to look at it. I think. I think we'll see a lot of these resorts reverting to the mountain biking thing over the summer. I think they'll have to. And I think we'll see a lot of these small resorts start to do it. So I think over the next number of years, we'll have lots more options, you know, of where to go. Yeah, I think you're right, for sure. Like, 
and like the sport is just growing and growing so it would be silly for them not to yeah yeah i think it'll be it'll be pretty cool man it'll be good um now let's chat a wee bit about racing then yeah so you get into racing when you're about you're around 14 or so um yeah what made you go down that way what what made you want to start racing I think it was it was literally just going out with them fellas um, at the weekends, and then they had sort of a team jersey. So you bought the jersey, and then you were like, "Geez, I might give that racing a go." Because if you didn't race, they were away at a weekend's racing, so you had no one to go out with on the bike. So it's either <laughs> you'd miss a, a week's biking if you didn't <laughs> didn't go to the race. So yeah, that that's sort of yeah how you started racing, and yeah, so I, I raced up until just looking at this 2013 2014 and then i was obviously i was at uni and stuff at that stage after mm-hmm. that there um and then so i basically did my degree and then um sold the downhill bike to pay for my master's so <laughs> that stopped <laughs> me cycling for a long time which was unfortunate but a necessary evil yeah yeah, and were you only doing downhill to that stage? Yeah, only did downhill to that stage, and then it was 2018 then when I got uh, my first enduro bike. Well, I, I bought a Nuke Proof Scout, we hardtail, mm-hmm. and went out went out in it a few times, and then very quickly realised right, I need a enduro bike if I want to start racing again. So bought a Mega then straight after that. <laughs> uh, and that's the bike you're on now. That's the one that's, I seen you on the other day. That's, that's still her she's an old girl but she goes well <laughs> yeah yeah we need to we need to try and get somebody to get you updated <laughs> no it's a here it's a great bike like it is a great bike i love it yeah no well i've i've been very lucky in chain reaction i've given me a couple of the nuke proofs and new 2021s to try out um that yeah, day you, were, you were was on, on the mega, mega. Mm. On the mega yeah and i had the reactor before that now the reactor was high spec it was quite i think it was i think it retails for around four thousand pounds but that is the best bike i've ever been on dude yeah you love it that reactor for me my style you know i'm a bit of a weekend warrior my style that reactor just is unreal and that was a 29 inch wheel was it it was 29 and i think we chatted about this a wee bit that day our mate and dava I, I've been on a number of 29ers, but I didn't really get on with them. I just felt they were a bit, just wanted to go straight kind of thing. And But that did not feel like a 29er. I don't yeah, know what it is. It's the geometry. Is it the 144 in the front and the 130 in the back? I don't know. Uh, it just it felt playful for a 29er, you know what I mean? That's class, eh? They yeah. are re- they're a really nice looking bike now, for sure. Aye. And now the Mega that I'm on at the minute, it's definitely taken me, and with the COVID thing, I can't get away anywhere. It's not, it's a bit of a nightmare, but it's definitely taken me longer to get used to it. Yeah. You you tend to, and I don't know if you feel this with your, your Mega, but you tend to sit into it a little bit more, if that Aye. makes sense. You know. Aye. It would probably be, it'd be strange coming now from the high from the twenty nine, and I think you're you're six fifty B now in the mega, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. And the, uh, the obviously the one four one seventy four and stuff. But uh, yeah, true. 
But when I hit the steam trail on it, yeah, I really did enjoy it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. I remember meeting you at the bottom of the stream trail and you're like, I'll take it all back. <laughs> That's a great bike. <laughs> Rides really, really well. <laughs> I, I think, you know, the mega is like that. I think you need to put it into the environment that it's designed for and then the thing just comes alive. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah for sure. Hey, for sure. Aye. Aye, man, the bikes nowadays are unreal. Like, I'm sure you have seen a massive change in the bikes and what's available. Yeah, yeah, like, I'd be a bit of a bike geek now. I would like my, my tech. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, like, I was just, like, I would just happen to scroll through, like, old downhill bikes, and you see the way they were made and stuff like that there, like, the amount of steel and <laughs> metal in them and swing arms here, there, and everywhere. And, yeah, the bikes bikes nowadays are, are crazy. Like, the technology in them is just, I find it so interesting. Like, even whether it's down to where they're putting a water bottle and they're sort of designing a frame around having water bottles. Yeah. Something you probably wouldn't have thought about back in the day. And like even uh, storing stuff on your bike now for longer rides, like a tube and all that sort of stuff. Like I'm sure that comes into play now with designing bikes and the, the layout of bikes. Like, Aye. Isn't it funny the way the water bottle thing has come back? Yeah. <laughs> I seen a poll on Pink Bike, and it was like, "Are we designing bikes for water bottles or water bottles for bikes?" <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Um, and I see Nuke Proofs come out with that side, their side bottle carrier thing, and the, the the bottle and all that goes with it. It's man, it's crazy, but it's good to see. You got to you got to laugh at it. Like it's amazing. Did you, you know, see what? the, the it, job I did on mine. <laughs> no, I didn't notice it. So I um. I cable tied a bottle holder to the just above the shock in mine because it's sort of long enough. You can just fit a nice wee bottle in. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's crazy. You know, it, it's funny, man, isn't it? Like you're on a four gram bike and somebody says to you, oh, what, what do you think of the reactor? And you're like, yeah, it's really cool. And look, you can put a couple of water bottles on it. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. It's a four gram bike, and the first thing you chat about is war poles. No, and then you pull the lever for the the dropper post, and they're like, "Ah, oh, that's some sort of wizardry there. I don't know how that works." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's brilliant, man. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, it's cool. So, if you had a choice of bike, what do you think you would go for, or what are you going to try and get next? What's on your hit list? It's it's hard to know, isn't it? I, I know, like, I would love a reactor. I think it'd be a, a really great bike for, for here, especially. Yeah. And, yeah, obviously, I, th- I want to go up to 29-inch wheel and get the benefit out of that. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's probably what I'd be looking out for now. It'd be a great bike to have. Yeah, you should see if the, the Chain Reaction boys will lend you for a go, like... <laughs> Maybe, maybe. <laughs> get on the keel in there. <laughs> Help me out here, lad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got the land of his. Now I take a spin on it. <laughs> Aye, for sure, man, for sure. Like, chatting about keeling there, you know, you grew up riding with a guy. Uh, like, what do you think pushed Keelan to that next level, you know, and, and becoming an EWS rider? What's the difference between Keelan and the likes of yourself, you know, did you did you want to race professionally? Did you want to do anything like that? Or I think like when me and me and him were racing back in the day and downhill and stuff, like that's what we both wanted, like definitely. And I think Keelan, he just had the hunger for it. Like he'd be out in the bike all the time. Like he would be texting here, are you going out for a road spin or are you going to the gym or you know yourself? 
mm-hmm. and like I I lived with them um, at uni, and like the house was covered in bikes, <laughs> like <laughs> it was just crazy. And yeah, he just always had that hunger to train and train, and he definitely put his heart and soul into it. Like, and it it has paid off for him, and it's it's great to see. But yeah, um, I think I don't know what happened to me. <laughs> I think it's just maybe. I don't know, I sort of focused on maybe uni and all mm-hmm. that there sort of thing, you know, and thinking about that sort of way. But yeah, he just kept at her and kept at her and kept racing. And it, it, it is great now the way it's turned out. Yeah, it is a difficult time, you know, when you're coming up and you're younger and you're riding and you don't have those same kind of pressures or big decisions to make. And that that's the thing. You, it's like in anything, you know, I've seen it for years in young surfers as well coming up that are really, really good. But unfortunately, once cars and girls come <laughs> yeah. on the scene, things can change quite quickly. You know what I mean? That's it. Exactly. Exactly. It happens to everybody, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know, so Keelan obviously loves bikes more than he loves girls, which is cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear <laughs> which is good you know um i had keelan actually on the on the podcast back let me have a look here it was episode 22 yeah i actually remember like keelan coming back to the house and be like ah geez i was just on the phone there the mtv tribe just did a podcast on the way home i think he was at the gym or something I Aye. amazing uh, you know <laughs> I loved it, man, because it was different and we'd arranged the time and then I think Keelan's gym session ran over or something. So I phoned him and he was on, he was walking on the way. He was walking home, you know, from the gym. Yeah. But it was brilliant. I knew he was walking home because I could hear traffic and noise in the background. But there was one stage where he, he must have seen guys he knew across the street and they shouted at him and he was like, oh, hey, boys, you know. <laughs> It was probably us coming back from the off license. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, class. But isn't that crazy? Like, Killian was on episode 22. We're now in the 170s. That's mad. Uh, it, it's crazy, man. And, like, Killian is obviously... That was that was when he got signed. He had just been signed to the chain reaction team to go elite. And I think that was... It was the off-season, so he was, he was going to be racing elite the following season. Um... Yeah, and he's he's done well, right? He's had that. He's had a bit of an accident, but have you been speaking to him recently? Like, uh, you know, how's he feeling about this this year? Yeah, I've chatted to him a couple of times. I think he's he's definitely stuck back into the training and he's going hard. Like, so I think that sort of says it all. Like, he's determined and obviously he wants to make a name for himself and he and he will like and yeah, just hope he gets a good good year's racing. You know. Yeah, yeah, I think he will with the experience and stuff and on that on that team, you can't, you know, with Sam Hill and all there, like, how can you not learn stuff from that, you know? Yeah, um, and, and Sam Hill's uh, shock there, I was like, they put out a, an, a, what was it, like an Instagram post a couple of weeks ago, and it was like, my time at Chain Reaction was great, and then the next day it, like, signed a three-year contract or a five-year contract. <laughs> Everyone was like, oh, how's it going? <laughs> yeah. Class, man. Class. No, it's good. Oh, Keelan's back in the... Because I've seen these Instagram posts he's on there promoting underwear and stuff again. So <laughs> he's, he's doing, he's doing yeah. well. Yeah, good no, stuff. He's, he's good on the, on the Instagram now. He's good to follow. <laughs> I, I sure. I must get him back on the show at some stage soon. Yeah. 
Yeah. I cool. Um, so racing then, you're you're geared up for 2021. You're still going to be sticking at it. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, gonna go hard this year. Hopefully, <laughs> if we get some races, that is. Aye, aye, I know, man. It's it's been tough. Like it's been tough for everybody in that sense, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's yeah, it. it has it has been, but at the same time, it is tough for everybody, and sort of we're all sort of in the same going through the same thing. You know, it's not just isolated to yourself. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like I, you can sort of take it as a as a negative or a positive. But I've definitely, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't say I wrote last year off. You know, it's been. You sort of have to take it for what it is, and there has mm-hmm. been good that came out of it. You know, you sort of like I, I probably haven't trained this much ever for cycling, so it's good to to be at this sort of stage. You know, I excellent, excellent. What's your training schedule like? I would I'd normally try and get out on the mountain bike. Like I, I sort of just am getting fit through through being on the bike. Like time mm-hmm. in the saddle is sort of what I'm going for. So get out on a Wednesday night night ride, and then a big day usually at the weekend and then a bit of a hike and a bit of a cold water dip maybe wow. <laughs> if I'm feeling it <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, yeah just sort of mixing it up trying to keep it interesting you know yeah but with Gorton's the uh, Gorton has definitely been a, a game changer for me now to having something that like I can leave work on a Friday at half two and straight up to the to the glens of the bike in the van and two three four hours you know yeah yeah like trails like that even though they may be a bit flatter you can turn it into whatever you want you can push it as hard as you want and it can destroy you like oh yeah for sure for sure and you can you can make your fun as well like you can make wee jumps and wee lines here you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah like would you hit the gym would you do any specific mountain bike stuff in the gym I had I had been going to the gym, yeah, a local gym in the town there. Um, but then obviously, COVID and all that there, it's been it's been harder to go to the gym. And then mm-hmm. that's sort of why I, I bought the lights and got into night riding because then you're sort of guaranteed to spin, you know. And it, that's either like light going to the glens on a Wednesday night or even just out in the road on a Wednesday night around the town with the lights on. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the light the night riding thing's cool, man, because. It's almost like you're on a different trail. Oh, it's 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 completely different. Like I was out on Thursday night there in the glens, hitting the trail, and I thought I knew the trails by now, and came round a corner, and I was like, I do not remember them two corners being there, and ended yeah. up just completely off the track. <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's more, nearly more obstacles in night riding. You could come round the corner, and like I've met deer and stuff on trails in the glens and stuff. Yeah, so, <laughs> that adds a, a, an extra wee bit to it. I totally like. Do you think? Do you think night riding would actually make you a better rider? Yeah, I don't know. I it, it's it's a strange one night riding because I even feel like when you're climbing up, you can't really pace. Like you can't really tell what pace you're going at. So you could be absolutely bombing it up the hill and the climb, and you can't really tell. And then when you're bombing down, you're like, I'm going warp speed here, but you could be going slow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so hard to tell. Yeah, you definitely need good lights, though. That's for sure, and and make sure they're charged. Don't don't make that mistake. <laughs> yeah, totally, man, totally. Um, I remember <clears throat> when I was on my old Specialized, the old twenty six incher, you know, the old the real real bikes. <laughs> I was at um, Castle Wellen, and I was out myself, and 
I had something wrong. There was something wrong with my bike rim anyway. That's what I thought. But I'd got just right to the top of Castle Wellen, and I had my third puncture, right, <laughs> on the rear. So I had no no tubes left, <laughs> no nothing, right? There was I, I just there was no way I was repairing it, and there was about thirty minutes till it was going to be dark, and I had no lights or no nothing, and I was like. What am I going to do here? <laughs> well, you're like, I'm going to have to spend the, the night in the forest here. <laughs> I, I thought I may just start making my camp now. <laughs> Some Bear Grylls stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What would Bear Grylls do? You know, uh, but you know what i done? I just I just said, screw it. And I rode her down the rim and on the fire road the whole way back. <laughs> yeah, that's, you just have to sacrifice it sometimes, don't you? <laughs> it's like a race run. You get a flat in a race run. You're like, ah. Uh, was it worth just totaling a rim here or not? <laughs> yeah, that's a hard decision. That's a hard decision. But yeah, my, my point of that story is I would hate my lights to go out somewhere in the middle of nowhere because everything seems so different at oh, night. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> but <laughs> Don't know who's about it. <laughs> I, that's it. Uh, but I was thinking it might make you a better rider and from the point of view is that you have to be more reactive almost, you know, because you are riding in the dark and then you see you do see things that pop up that you normally don't see <laughs> oh yeah for sure yeah you definitely need to be reactive and it, it, it's, i think it's good for it's good for testing your knowledge of a trail like you could hit a trail and you think you know it and then you hit it in the dark and you're like right i know what's coming up here and stuff like that you know so it's sort of it's like testing your knowledge of a trail yeah. but it's good now i i find it it is very beneficial. It gets me out in the bike at midweek as well, which is an extra ride. So it's good now. Aye, totally. I think when you live here, you have to kind of do night rides. You just have to do it. Yeah. I think uh, waiting on the weekend and hoping for good weather is, is a dodgy thing to do in this country. So when it's dry, I think you should go out as much as you can. Yeah, that's true, man. That's true. Do you run mud guards and stuff or anything like that? No. I, I just run a, a guard in the front. Yeah, yeah. Again, that's the first time I've tried a guard in the front with one of those bikes, one of the new proofs. Man, that makes a huge difference. Oh, it's serious, isn't it? Like you could nearly, you could run without goggles. Yeah, totally. Totally, yeah. I agree. Yeah. It no, is great now. Yeah, they're well worth it. They're well, well worth it. Now, Chatting about bikes and stuff, and you say you're you're a bit geeky and that stuff. What's the favourite piece of kit you have? You know, what's your what's your don't leave home without it piece of kit? Oh, for oh, I don't know. You know, uh, is it is it your helmet? Is it? Uh, I was going to say the van. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's not much good if you haven't got a bike in it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, it's hard, like. I think uh, clip pedals made a wild difference to me, you know. Really? Do you, you yeah. don't clip this, do you? Uh, so being clipped in is, has made a, a big difference. So definitely running clips would be a must. <laughs> right, wow. <laughs> to get comfortable, you know yourself. If you uh, Do you ride clips yourself? or do you? No, I ride flats. Yeah, I feel like riding clips, you, it's hard to go back to flats now. You sort of forget. When you're riding clips, you forget about your feet. <laughs> and oh, you right. go back to flats and they're all over the place. You just ain't been using the right pedals, mate. Oh, must be it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I come from an old BMX background, and I just find the clipless thing. And I have dodgy knees as well, and it doesn't really appeal to me. 
yeah. to be honest. Have you ever, have you ever, you know, I done an episode on the podcast Clipless versus Flats. It's still the biggest downloaded episode of the whole. It? Yeah. It, that will never go away. That argument will never go away. That'll be. It yeah. is the argument to have, like. I, um, I read the Flat Pedal Manifesto, which is very interesting. Um, and it goes into about how the industry's kind of suckered people into wearing clipless pedals uh-huh. and things like that. You know, um, I don't, personally, I don't care what anybody rides like, you know, as long as you're out riding and having fun, that's all that's I care it. about. Yeah. Um, but it's very, very interesting. But, um, yeah, like, you do, do you feel that you have certain things like that on your bike or kit that, if you didn't have or you forgot, would just change your whole mindset of the thing? Um, yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, you sort of, you ha- you get comfortable with a bike set up and you get comfortable with the gear you use. And I think if, if anything was missing, it would feel odd. Yeah, yeah. Definitely would. <laughs> I, I'm like that. That sounds so weird, maybe to somebody that doesn't really bike, but if I'm riding a different pedal or something, I yeah. it just doesn't things just don't add up. It's weird, and you think about it then when you're you shouldn't be thinking about it. You know? <laughs> when you're going down the trail, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> "What's missing here?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have you got have you got a piece of kit that surprised you when you tried it for the first time, or was there something you know you got that surprised you and how useful it was or how much you like? I'll give you an example. Yeah. On my old 26, 26 inch wheel bike there, it doesn't have a dropper post. Yeah. And when I seen a dropper, seen the dropper post coming out, I was like, why would you ever want one of those? What is the point of that thing? And then when I first rode a bike with a dropper post, I was like, how did I ever ride a bike without one of these? <laughs> for sure. Like a perfect example of that was at the weekend I was out for a spin and the person that was out with me didn't have a dropper post. And stopping at every at the bottom at the top of every trail to put the seat down, and at the bottom to put it back up for the claim. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah no, yeah, you're you're 100 right. Dropper post would be a big one. Like you would, if it wasn't there, you would you would miss it being there. Mm-hmm. And you know another thing that I found really important and makes a huge difference being on those those good bikes is good brakes, man. Yeah, dude the bigger rotors and all and the four piston it to me that is amazing the brakes are amazing and on on used bikes yeah i think like the technology now is is crazy like wheel size how that benefits you and yeah just everything like boost non-boost and how that would affect your riding and like locking out forks for climbing and all that there as you say dropper posts like it, it is mad what the technology, like what people are going into now. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Like even, like looking at bike frames themselves, like the forbidden bike and their high pivot and stuff like that. How that benefits you riding and stuff that you would never think about. Mm, <laughs> you mm. know what I mean? It, it is, it is mad now. It's, it's great. It's, it's a great time now. Yeah, bikes are, bikes are coming on, coming along yeah. real, real well. The high pivot things looks very good. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's definitely there's benefits of it, for sure. And it, it, 
they them forbidden bikes are lovely lovely mm. bikes now to mm-hmm. look at yeah definitely and the high pivot thing stops with pedal kick and things like that right yeah i think that's the benefit it's uh, bobbing when you pedal isn't it mm. sort of takes that out of it and i think it's something to do with the way it pivots it sort of goes with an object so if you're riding over an object the wheel sort of goes with it rather than against it right you sort right. of know, know what i mean yes like the, the wheel would bounce off it rather than sort of bounce yeah here it's wizard wizardry <laughs> totally man totally it's it's crazy what do you think of the whole mullet thing i don't know about mullet i, I obviously i've never tried it so i don't know i think there's probably there's bound to be benefits to it like you see the people in the downhill scene uh, doing it in World Cups and stuff like that, so there must be a benefit to it. Must yeah. be the pe- the pedal, being able to pedal with a smaller wheel in the back and the bigger wheel in the front. Uh, yeah, to get over the stuff, like it must it must be a benefit there. I've never tried it. Have you tried it? No, I've never tried it. No. You you'd have a a twenty six on the back and a twenty nine er in the front. <laughs> Well, if you're going to do it, do the thing right, you know. <laughs> Fall mullet. Pop <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah, yeah, man, that's it. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, there, there's, there's so, uh, you know, I, no, I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to fit a 29er on that, but that would be funny. Imagine rolling up with that and just calling it the full mullet. <laughs> or like a 24-inch. Did you ever ride a bike with 24-inch wheels? Just a BMX. I'd <laughs> <laughs> be like a, riding a Harley Davidson. <laughs> wouldn't it yeah the wreck and that thing would be crazy <laughs> not smart now let's chat a little bit about fan life because yes. it's so so important so you made that uh, you, you got what have you got a rental traffic is it it's a it's the voxel equivalent so a voxel vivaro right okay cool what made you go down that route what made you want to get a van you know is is there any particular reason um, so I had a smaller van before that. It was a Caddy, Volkswagen Caddy. So mm-hmm. I, I literally bought it because I got back into the cycling and then I was going to races. So I thought, here, I'll buy a wee van. It'll be handy. I'll put a bed in the back of her and stuff. So built a wee bed in it and <laughs> couldn't get stretched out straight. I had to sort of <laughs> sleep at an angle with <laughs> a pedal in your face. And <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> Um so I, I built the caddy and yeah, I went to a few races and that and it was great. And then it was, was it February last year, I bought the bigger van mm-hmm. and I thought, right, this is my plan. I'm going to build this van and head off and go explore, like even around this Ireland, like around Ireland, get around all the trail centers and then go maybe abroad or sorry, over the water to England, Scotland, Wales, sort of get around the trails there and then maybe end up in France at some stage. So this mm-hmm. was the big plan. And then obviously pandemic and stuff like that. So that put a halt to things, but it was good in one way. Like I was furloughed from work for six weeks and, and because like I, I'm a design engineer, so I'd work in CAD and 3d on the computer. So I basically uh, went out with a measurement tape, completely measured the inside of the van got it out measured it and then back into the computer and created it in 3d mm. and then I, I was able to then map out on the floor sort of where how big my bike would be and where would be the best place for it because it was sort of it 
that was the pivotal point. Like it, it was designed around carrying bikes. So when I decided where I wanted the bike to be, then I was able to design everything else. So that's sort of how it came about. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing that in your Instagram stuff that you were designing that and had the 3D models and all. Yeah, and you built everything yourself, right? Yeah, built everything myself. So it, it was handy in that way. I could, because I was able to design everything, I had, I had everything worked out before I even lifted the saw. So I knew what size the bed I wanted and how it folded out, where it stopped. And then that meant how big my unit, the unit could be for cooking and housing the water and the battery and stuff. So mm-hmm. I had that all worked out. And then, yeah, tr- trying to get uh, timber in a pandemic was like, <laughs> it was like right. con- contraband. <laughs> yeah. had to, I had literally had to talk to somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody that worked in a timber lumber yard <laughs> oh my word and it was like yeah what do you need read it down sent it to him he's like right call down and we'll get you at the back gate <laughs> get you loaded <laughs> I call down at half 11 the night we'll oh, see what we can do for you <laughs> serious so yeah i had it all uh, designed on the computer like what size of timber i could buy uh easily and then sort of designed everything around that mm-hmm. so yeah just went and you from the computer i knew how many lengths i would need so i was able to buy exactly what i what i needed and then yeah just did up a cut list and set up a jig and everything everything in the van is cut by hand with a handsaw wow, really uh, bar bar the cupboard doors which was uh, a jigsaw but it was by hand as well so yeah pre- pretty happy with that i didn't invest in power tools i just right i'll get a jig and get a handsaw and just make sure everything's sort of cut square but yeah yeah so i was furloughed six weeks and it took me six weeks exactly to get it finished to how you see it now (laughs) cool and like what i always think because it's something i'm going to be doing myself in the near future like what about getting electricity to do you have a fridge or anything like that or yeah uh, a wee mini fridge in it yeah Right, so do you run that off like a laser battery or how does that work? Yeah, so you can get, it's called a split charge system. So um, you get a secondary battery, which would be your leisure battery. So basically it works as, so when you start and drive the van, it'll charge your van battery up to a certain voltage. And then when it's happy at a voltage, it'll switch a relay over and charge your leisure battery, which would be your secondary battery in the back. Right. So literally you're charging while you drive so you drive to, to a campsite say or drive to somewhere you want to go to and your battery's charged when you get there and that's you ready to go i run run the lights off it run the the pump for the water and run the fridge charge phones and stuff like that yeah cool and have you got like electrical sockets in the van as well yeah so i have, I have an inverter so i can run anything of, with a plug so i sort of spec that uh charge my laptop when i'm on the go so that's that's what it's for we did a we did a 10 day <laughs> road trip down ireland four of us <laughs> so there was uh two like that for a full 10 days and like my battery never went flat in the back and it charged when we were driving each day and yeah so it definitely that was uh, the the true test of the van when it was built that trip mm-hmm yeah and like installing that battery and stuff you've done that all yourself is that doable for somebody that doesn't really know what they're doing or yeah yeah so you buy 
the split charge kit and it comes with your instructions and stuff. But literally a, a lot of Googling. <laughs> Aye. Le- learn by Google now, definitely. And yeah, definitely check everything. And But it is doable. Like I, I would encourage anybody to buy a van and do it. And it seems like everybody is doing that. Mm. And it's great to see. But um, yeah. yeah, you can learn it all. Like I didn't know about you're basically you're building a miniature house <laughs> in a van so you need to learn about insulation and uh, sound deadening and your vapor barrier and all that sort of stuff you know to keep everything right when you're in the van keep it warm i'd say that's probably the most important bit is making sure it's insulated because you could have a great looking van but you mightn't be able to sleep in it in this weather <laughs> yeah no it's very true and like as far as heating and stuff goes do you have a heater or yeah so i have um it's like a wee mini uh super sire it's like a wee mini gas heater mm-hmm. um and it just runs off the same gas bottles that you get for wee camping stoves right so okay. I, I just put it on and i have a wee carbon monoxide alarm so you know it, if, like you're sort of it's sort of foolproof mm-hmm. yeah but and like you I kept it simple now definitely i well sometimes that's the best way um but as far as you know, running like the super sair and stuff like that, you don't get a lot of moisture inside or how do you work with that? No, uh, I, I wouldn't get a lot of moisture inside, no. It's not it's not too bad, you know. Um like you're because it's such a like it's not a small van but it's small enough, like you're always in and out. You always have a door open or a window down or, you know, yourself, you're always getting air in around it somehow. Mm. Um, like the alternative to the wee gas heater like as i say i kept it simple but you could put a wee diesel heater in but i just didn't want to do that because you have to bore a big hole in your floor to let the exhaust out <laughs> right right so yeah i didn't want to go that far <laughs> I... it's it's mad the amount of people it's in building vans now even mountain bikers like i would chat to greg callahan on instagram the time about vans and stuff and he built a really nice transit there and he said it only took him well he said he took it took him three weeks to get it done so if it took him three weeks to do that i'd, I'd like to see what he could do in six weeks <laughs> it's a great great looking van now that's is a, it a higher, higher transit it's oh it's a high roof one is it or uh, like a high roof transit yeah all right is it one of the transit customs oh, this uh, kind of slightly narrower ones you know those oh i'm not sure hey I'm not sure. I think right. it might be the, the, the sort of larger transit. Ah, okay, all right. Because I was thinking of getting something like the transit custom, or which is because I will, I'll be using this kind of as my everyday vehicle as well. Yeah. And I think the likes of yours, you know, the Avaros and the traffics and stuff, they're maybe just a wee bit wide to use every day. Do you do you use yours every day? Yeah, that's that's what I drive every day. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't find it big at all. Like big mirrors help like if you're reversing and stuff like that but no i've never i wouldn't say i find it big or, or clumsy to drive about in you know right okay the, what about parking and stuff is it all right or? yeah 100 percent. hey 100 um the only thing i would say is like the reason why i sort of went for the van my size is i can still get under the the barriers at the beaches you know so yeah. a lot of them would be up up north it's like 2.2 meters but some of the, some of them down south are two meters or you know it's very tight like when i did that did that trip down south i had to take the roof rack off 
because oh, it, it was like very close <laughs> but, but that's sort of i know for me in a way that's where i want to be parked up for the night you know with the, the doors open looking out at the the beach yeah yeah oh yeah for sure that yeah definitely makes sense um it doesn't matter if you can't get it into a multi-story car park <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> that's not the reason for it um but, yeah it's uh, cool man like do you think having the van will help as far as mentally over these difficult pandemic times and also getting you out on your bike and on your surfboard more often oh for sure like since i have the van the amount of like weekends i've been away rather than just day trips and and stuff like that like i've packed the packed the van with the board and the bike and surfed one day and and biked the next like it's it's opened up so many doors and it's just it's just a great thing to be doing you know it's it's you're you're nearly looking excuses to get away in it like i think when i was trying to add it up there how many how many nights i've slept in the van now since i've built it and i think it's like 32 or 33 nights or something like that yeah wow, wow. and that's that's like obviously during a pandemic didn't get away a while lot like but when uh-huh. i could get away i did and oh it's great like even yeah as i say packing the van full of gear and like having your bike your board and you could hike a day you know yourself mm-hmm. yeah keeps you, no. keeps you active <laughs> aye well that's that's the thing that you know there'll be bikes and boards going into mine um for sure um and as far as security and stuff goes are you worried that about that you know people seeing a lot of these campers about and do you worry about that kind of thing I would a wee bit, yeah, having the bike and like if I was in the town, I wouldn't put the board on the roof or anything. I would have it inside. Mm-hmm. And if you're parked up somewhere, like maybe you mightn't have all the doors open and stuff like that there. Like you would sort of go to the corner of the car park or like not boast that you have a pile of stuff sitting out, if you know what I mean. Aye, yeah. But uh, yeah, security is definitely it's, it's something you need to worry about. Like, but. Yeah, ho- hoping. <laughs> right. And you don't need different insurance because you've converted it to a camper type thing, no? Uh, no, well, not for me anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just wing it. I just sent her on. <laughs> no, like everything, everything in my van can be taken out with a couple of screws. That's the beauty of it. Like I okay. can go back to just a standard van very quickly. Yeah. Dep- well, depending on who's about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Well, listen, bro, I've kept you for an hour there, so I appreciate you coming on. It's been great to have a, a chat with you. Um, just before I let you go, have you any holidays planned in the near future? Like, where's the first place you're going to go once once COVID's away and you have the van and everything? Where do you think you're going to hit? Um, I sort of have, a, like, I have a, a dream that I would like to do. Like, I would love to, as I say, pack the van and, and head over to, like, trails over in Scotland or England or Wales, you know, and... Mm see these places do a wee video of it meet locals you know what i mean that that would be the dream and uh maybe further afield <laughs> yeah i'd love to i'd love to drive from here over to to Morzine and and spend some time over there like do a proper big big trip mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you get time off work to be able to do that kind of stuff yeah, not not enough i don't think <laughs> that might be might be a an unpaid break that <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, sometimes it's worth it. Yeah, you know, yeah, you can't just, take it with you. Yeah, that's it. No, no toe hitch in the hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, Clarence, how can people find you? Where can they find out more about your van and send you lots of messages on how to how to build a van? <laughs> <laughs> I do get a lot of messages about it, but I'm happy to help now. Happy to share what I've learned through the process. But cool. yeah, I'd say the main one is just on Instagram at Clarion Safari. <laughs> it's a good one, man. It's a good yeah. one. I came Help up with that one day I was in where were we like Budapest or something and I came across a profile it was like Dan in Japan or something and I was like Jesus Clarion Safari that would work <laughs> only me <laughs> class mute class well listen thanks so much for coming on bro I appreciate it and um, let's hope uh, I run into you when this COVID thing's over and we can get out for you can show me some here I'll tell you what right here's a plan I'll teach you how to surf if you teach me how to corner and break and jump properly. Right, perfect. <laughs> Sounds like me. I'm happy with that. <laughs> cool stuff. What kind of board are you riding? Um, I bought, I just, well, I had been on borrowed boards and the land of boards, so I bought a, a seven foot uh, foamy, but it's like a hard top and hard, right. hard bottom. It's yeah. a soft tech board, a lovely board. Hey? Great, yeah. great. A good good uh, volume to it, so helps me when I to try and get up on the on the feet <laughs> aye and would be good for most conditions too so oh yeah for sure hey aye, but it's uh, it's cold in the water this weather yeah dude i am sure like i haven't been in the while because of my shoulder issues but um yeah now's now's for the the real hardies you know what i mean <laughs> for sure hey <laughs> yeah like have you have you seen those solar panel char things you can get for vans and stuff i've seen them yeah I've Are you doing that. that shower thing you put up on Instagram today where it comes out of the the boot? I think that's that's <laughs> gonna be the next project. I think <laughs> I need to I need to put a bigger water tank in the van and have sort of the plan is to have something that I can have either connects and you can shower or you can connect it to a wee bit of a hose and hose down the bike before you put it in. Yeah. So I think that's that's the next project. <laughs> that's the thing with a van you're never done with projects never done man never done yeah like I, I know for years now a lot of surfers have used it and they're, they're just like a like a bag um you know like you would have a, your water pack you know your uh, water like pack. a camel pack yeah so yeah. it's just like a bladder like a water bladder thing and it sits on top so let's say you went for a surf or whatever now it might not work that great in this country but you set it on top of the van and then the sun heats this bag and the bags coat it with stuff that helps heat the water yeah. and then obviously when you come back to rinse your suit and to have a shower it's kind of gravity fed and there's like a like a shower nozzle and stuff on it and the water should be warm if it's done should and, be. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you get that but i know now i've seen a couple of guys well, i haven't seen them but I've, I've seen them on youtube and stuff couple of guys that have they're more purposely kind of built like they're a better structure you know and they go on the van and you get all these attachments for them and stuff and but you still have to shower outside that's the thing you know what i mean yeah so yeah that's it oh, i would i wouldn't mind that i've had some uh public showers now on that trip <laughs> <laughs> standing in the middle of the hedge trying to soap yourself and family's <laughs> driving past and you're just like well how's it going <laughs> <laughs> classic man classic ah oh, brilliant we're all getting back to nature it's great <laughs> i know i know it's mad hi good stuff well listen thanks bro thanks for coming on and uh i next time i'm, I'm up around your area i'll give you a shout see where you're at hopefully we can get out for a cycle yeah for sure getting a shout now. all right bud. 
All right, nice one, bro. Here, have a good evening. I'll speak to you later. You too. See you later. Cheers, dude. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. That's a wrap for episode 177. I hope you enjoyed that, folks. And I hope, like Clarence, that you're absolutely stoked on mountain biking. And it would be hard not to be. And Clarence, thanks so much for coming on the show, mate. It was great to get you on, as I say in the end. It was long overdue. Uh, I had to get you on the podcast and uh, let people know what you're up to and what your future plans are. And uh, it will be interesting to see the, the updates in this van. You know, I'm really looking forward to seeing that shower. In the, in the back boot that'll be interesting um, but I'm sure you'll make it happen bro so listen good luck with 2021 I'm sure I'll run into you in the trails but good luck with the season good luck with the races and everything else and if you're up my way give me a shout and I'll definitely give you a surf lesson or two <laughs> I haven't done that in a while myself um, so thanks so much bro now folks if you want to know more about Clarence and, and what we chat about on the podcast just simply go to the show notes mtb-tribe.com and you'll find a little bit more there you'll find social links to Clarence and stuff like that so check that out and learn a little bit more about what we chat about now if you're enjoying the podcast and you want to show your support the best way is by subscribing rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts every one of your ratings helps boost us on Apple's algorithms and helps spread the good word about the show to more people if you're not on Apple don't worry you can find and subscribe via Stitcher Spotify Podbean iHeartRadio or whatever good podcast platform you use to listen to your shows we also have a website mtv-tribe.com where you can find the complete back catalogue listen and download every show free from there you can also subscribe there and get one email per week with a quick and easy link to listen to the show now you can also find us on socials at MTV Tribe on Facebook and Instagram and you can PM me there if you want to get in contact or if you prefer the email route you'll find me at info at mtb-tribe.com That's it for this week folks I hope you enjoyed the show and I hope to see you back here again next week where I'll have another interesting guest on the MTB Tribe podcast but until that time as always get the bikes out hit the trails and stay MTB stoked